Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoy it. The show notes are included in the summary for each episode. Notes can be accessed from the Mobile Marketing Podcast link at the top and bottom of the dominoresearch.com website. If you like the podcast, please take a moment to help us out. Rate and review us on your preferred medium. We are currently available on iTunes, Google Play Podcast, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you. Hey there, and welcome to the latest episode of Mobile Wallet Marketing Made Easy, the podcast that helps you navigate the ever-changing landscape of mobile marketing. 5G is set to change the world. It's the next digital revolution, yet there are some privacy concerns that lay ahead. Today on the podcast, we're discussing the 5G pros and cons. Hi, I'm Hazel Fruitman. I'm Kim Stewart, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. So as we gear up for faster connection speeds, broadband companies and wireless carriers have a new infrastructure that promises that the next generation, 5G, will shape the way that we live and work. Yeah, for most of us who have 4G, the next generation will be significantly faster. 5G claims to be 10 to 100 times faster with download speeds of one gigabyte per second. So that's quite a lot. I mean, imagine no buffering, lag, or latency while watching video, like a YouTube in an instant. It will allow for development of augmented reality, AR, to do and take us places as a service assistant more than we have ever realized before. I mean, think of self-driving cars. Well, you know, from a speed standpoint, I don't really have to do all that much thinking because we've had gigabit internet here in Phoenix for quite a while now. We've actually had it for about three years, three and a half years. And it is really fast. You know, this is the kind of thing that is going to, it's going to affect the way that we shop, the way that we work out, the way that we track our health, you know, kind of like if Fitbit's just at the beginning of its optimization. Um, you know, automation is really supposed to percolate when 5G hits us with some of its more refined com- components. Yeah. You know, imagine a, like, uh, here's an instance, a specialized surgeon in one part of the country using precision tools, virtual reality, augmented reality to remotely operate on a patient on another side, you know, completely on the other side of the country in another area. You know, it's really incredible to imagine that we might, and I use the word might, yeah. have the, you know, the sort of technology that's coming that, you know, is reminiscent of like Star Trek. That's right, it really is. <laughs> so I think though, um, before we get going, let's take a few minutes and stop and talk about our platform and which is, you know, not an augmented reality and certainly doesn't need 5G to work effectively, but let's just take a minute and, and I'll let you do a quick explanation. Mobile wallet campaigns are incredibly effective marketing collateral when you set them up correctly and implement them in a way that increases engagement with customers, prospects, referrals, and so on. In a nutshell, a mobile wallet campaigns consists of a mobile wallet pass that's added to individual phones. iPhones use Apple Wallet, which is native iOS application. 
and Android phones use any of a number of third-party apps to achieve the same goals. The pass has two sides, the front and the back. The front of the pass is like a digital calling card. It normally has the name of your product or business, perhaps a tagline or logo, and should be styled to complement your existing logo and collateral. We can include a QR code and a barcode on the front of the pass if you're interested in tracking users via the passes, although the tracking default does not contain any personal information unless we have created a customized solution for you. The front of the pass should be designed to get someone's attention, colorful maybe, or with a unique tagline or similar. It requires a very simple, clean design since most phone screens are not that big. The back of the pass is where the magic happens, as I like to call it. And this is the area of the pass where you're really going to be able to get your message out there and include some very efficient calls to action that result in quantifiable results. The structure of the mobile wallet pass means that everything on the back that is formatted in a way that the phone recognizes, like a phone number, an address, a URL, a link to iTunes or YouTube, and so on. Those apps are actually launched when the user taps a link on the back of the pass. What that means in real terms is that if you're promoting your podcast, you can send your subscribers a lock screen notification and they have the ability to tap the back links and your podcast will start playing in the correct app, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or whatever. It also means that if you're a realtor, for instance, and you include the address of a property you're promoting, a prospective buyer can tap the address on the back of the pass, launch maps, complete with driving directions. Tap to call, tap to email, tap to launch social media apps like Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and others. These are simply handled by the wallet app, and there's no coding or formatting involved. It really couldn't be any easier. Passes can be shared through a variety of means. The most popular method is including the pass URL as a link or in a print ad as a type in request using a browser. Other ways include the share function on the pass, having someone open Apple Wallet or scan the QR code directly, or even sending the pass via iMessages or email from the phone. Last but not least, the passes include location and proximity targeting features, which means that using the geofencing and location awareness that's built into smartphone offers, you have the ability to send lock screen notifications based on where someone is, as well as sending them time-based or what we like to call static messages. You've probably seen this at the airport if you're having a boarding pass in your Apple wallet on iPhone, for instance. When you get close to the security screening checkpoint, the boarding pass automatically pops up on your lock screen and you don't have to search for it or open the app or unlock the phone to see it. So there you have it, the two minute rundown on just what and how a mobile pass works, where it goes in the iPhone and what it can do. Awesome, okay, so I have an idea. And I think that maybe since you did all of the research for this episode, I'm going to practice my interview skills and I'm going to interview you. How does that sound? Well, right. That works for me. (laughs) Okay, thanks. Um, So now 
Having a 5G infrastructure in place means that hospitals, governments, corporations, um, all of them capture data at a rate that makes it more of a predictive tool. So when all of this 5Ging is actually in place, is it predicted to be the next wave of the so-called digital revolution? Well, well, for certain, this will lead us to one, yes. Uh, you can't, into one that you can't even fathom about. I mean, it's certainly a big deal um, when it comes to your comfort level. Uh, the rollout will take time with this infrastructure. You know, it's going to start in major cities. Um, you know, we've already seen it in, you know, China and Japan and in Korea. Um, so we'll be in full force, you know, estimated around 2023 in North America. And um, yeah. <laughs> so who, who wants this? Who are the big players in all this? Is it the wireless carriers? Well, yes, there are companies that are leading the way. Uh, the short list of players are uh, Altio Star, Cisco Systems, uh, Datang Telecom, Ericsson, Weihei, Nokia, Qualcomm, Samsung, and ZTE. So the big players of those players, the two top players, really are Weihei and Nokia. Those are on top. Um, and Qualcomm is in the mix because of the chips that they make. Right. So in fact, here in the U.S. in 2018, the government blocked the takeover of Qualcomm. It was going to be a $117 billion deal because the administration, we'll leave that one alone for the moment, mm -hmm. um, sees enough to be able to try to claim credible evidence that Broadcom, through control of Qualcomm, Right. might, if they were taken over by a Chinese company, <laughs> might take action that would threaten or impair the national security of the United States. And so where else this Yahweh infrastructure is in place? Um, you know, China, Japan, Korea, Europe is having a big, big thing right now. I know the British just voted to, or decided, however you put it, to, to allow them to stay in England for the 5G rollout there. Um, you know, there are concerns that the hardware manufacturers, chip makers, can capture and store data to use and sell. Um, you know, honestly, after some of the things that we have seen over the years, with apps and uh, internet and stuff like that. I think that's just one of the many, many, many privacy issues that is going to be concerning. We can talk about that a little bit more. Um, so it really does seem to be a new technology that is just sort of one of those we're scratching the surface and maybe we don't know exactly how or what we're going to do with it. So. We've talked about remote work, like surgeries, for instance, or self-driving cars. So what are some of the advantages that 5G offers? 
Right. So it offers a wide range of features. Um, you know, we've mentioned a couple right now. Um, you know, it's beneficial for students, professionals, you know, doctors, engineers, uh, teachers, you know, the government and administrative bodies, um, and, and how it will impact our day-to-day -day lives. So some of the features that will, that can allow for a self-driving car or for a surge or surgery to happen on the other side of the world is, um, you know, high resolution and bi-directional large bandwidth shaping. Really that means is AR, augmented reality. Uh, technology to gather all networks to one platform. So you will be able to use 4G devices, not all of them, but some 4G devices on 5G ones, um, just on the basics of devices, but on other platforms, you know, that they'll be able to link up around the world. Um, you know, the will be a facilitator to, for so you know any subscri subscription supervision tools. Um, <clears throat> most likely, will provide a huge broadcasting data. Um, if you can support like sixty thousand connections at a time, so think of like sensors hitting you from every direction in one time. That can all be all be used at once and sent at once. So it's easily manageable data. Um, it can work with 4G devices. You know, it can send uh, the sound to support, um, you know, private networks, VPNs, that's all in there. Um, you know, you know, the possibility to provide uniform, uninterrupted and consistent connectivity across the world. That's really exciting. Um, as I mentioned, sensors, upon sensors will be hitting us. Um, yeah, so that's all like the features of, the, of 5G. Well, it's certainly a good sales pitch for 5G, but I do want to point out that at the end of the day, the only thing that 5G actually really is, is simply an accelerated bandwidth system. Um, right. So, you know, when you say all the different things here that you have, I mean, you know, it, it makes it sound like it will change the world if we use it for good. But what happens when we use it for evil? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, evil is kind of in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, evil can mean many things, you know, as human behavior dictates. Well, we'll be using it to stop people easy, easier. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I mean, they're already yeah. doing that in a lot of places. Go yeah. to Tiburon, go to China. Not that I'm comparing Tiburon to China. Simply saying, yeah. you know, there's a lot of CCTVs all over the place. And you know, right. this is going to be a thing that does, from a privacy standpoint, enable a, a lot more spying on people it's true it's true so what are the disadvantages besides stalking and spying um you know the antennas to the, the technology the infrastructure of the antennas need to be closer together um unlike 4g where they can be like a mile apart so with the fact of the virtue that they are closer together also means that they can't go through all through walls so there are um, like a lot of costs associated with it. So even today we have the internet everywhere and it's, you know, not deemed as an essential service as electricity and water. So the rollout can be very costly. Um, many older devices that are on 4G will not be compliant with 5G, some will, 
Um, you know, like almost none of them. Right. We'll be pushed by carriers to roll out, you know, the new devices that will be uh, taking over, replacing them uh, years from now. So, you know, we mentioned that it's throughout this episode, you know, it's a good theme that's not going away is security and privacy issues, which are yet to be resolved. So they're citing more research for that. Um, that's a big concern. And also the health concerns. Uh, you know, there's a higher energy wave radiation between the antennas. Um, they're closer together. So um, there's a ionizing range that's lead to exposure of radiation. So 5G network infrastructure with reliance on phased arrays, beam steering, and considerably higher frequencies. So... Well, you know, how it's going to affect our health has yet to be seen. Um, you know, honestly, personally, I'm a lot more concerned about privacy. Right. Um, you know, to get the full spectrum of benefits of 5G as it is being proposed right now, mm -hmm. you know, that means that you are giving up much more than just the price of purchasing an updated device that works with 5G, you're talking about a whole new, more comprehensive set of location detection and reporting than what we see now. And, you know, it, it to some degree, the ability to opt out is concerning. Although I suppose people will just freaking opt out and have no fucking phones at all if that's when it comes to that's also a possibility um you know they're working on smart cities and what that would look like so in toronto there's a project in part of the city in downtown by the waterfront it's uh it's owned by google it's called sidewalk labs so it's a it's basically a working smart city so where the future leaves and every dream everything that you've ever talked about and how we are all connected 5G technology will be used and will play an important role in a smart city. So there'll be sensors and attendants everywhere. Yeah. Do we really want our location to be pinpointed more accurately than it already is? I wonder. I mean, you know, they know within a few feet of, you know, on top of this. Mm -hmm. As a person is moving through a an area with 5G, whether it's a city or a specific, a corporate campus or whatever, you know, the mobile network provider, they'll be able to see where you're going with a very high degree of accuracy since your device is going to have to keep jumping from one 5G tower to the next to connect. And when you couple that, or the fact that I already believe that all of the wireless carriers and telecom companies are nothing but a bunch of crooks and thieves. I've said this a million times. I truly believe it. You know, we've also seen over the years some really nasty stuff in, you know, app SDKs and things like that, that it, it, it's very unfriendly to user privacy and, you know, data is a huge, huge thing right now. So, right. If you've got that much rapid fire connection to location services and so on, 
you know, this, this just creates an entire data set that advertisers and data brokers, Facebook, for instance, right. To see, you know, exactly the route you take every day and which buildings you go into and the ability to like track your movements in real time. And so, you know, I know that our platform obviously has a location-based component. It has a geofencing component and it has a radio transmitter iBeacon-based component. Right. But it's so generic and we're not collecting aggregated data about actual individuals. I mean, I think that our platform kind of pushes the edge limit today of where privacy needs to be. You know, we, we know there's a phone in a general area that happens to have opted in and has one of our passes on it. Right. That's probably enough information for us. We may not think that it is, but from the standpoint of the person on the other end of the stick, so to speak, who is getting the messaging, I, th I just kind of feel like maybe we're at the point of invading people's privacy to the degree that it shouldn't be invaded any further past. Right. I mean, this is... It, this is huge. I mean, academics, professors in the technology field, they're taking it that far. Um, you know, 5G will have an adverse impact for all of us. You know, we've mentioned it in health, privacy concerns uh, in the environment, cybersecurity, because they'll be able to track every movement, like you said, in real time. Um, you know, the energy and, as you are saying, the ethics of it all. Yeah, so, I'm not ready to 5G. Right. So another concern, you know, you know, it's a small comparison given, you know, privacy issues, but it will affect your day to day. And that's really like the, the battery life of the device. Totally. You're talking about 5G. You're talking about Bluetooth. You're talking about always on. You're talking about constant pinging. Right. Um, you know, it's like GPS services on steroids when you look at what the actual usage on your battery is in your devices. And, you know, I'm literally sitting here this morning looking around and just within my immediate well, you know, at the moment I'm in Mike's office because I've got the my office is undergoing renovations and so on and so forth. But like I'm literally I'm looking around and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve devices. Like I count the imaginary ones that Mike took with him out of town. There are twelve devices. That would all be, if they were all in use, and I'm sure there's more that I just haven't even thought about. I'm just talking about the ones that are in the office. 12 devices, draining their batteries, being connected, doing various and sundry things. Okay, no, all these devices won't connect because some of them <clears throat> are old enough that they're probably not likely to be usable. But, you know, there's just so much hype around 5G. Yeah. There is. And, you know, what, what we are able to do with this technology, you know, maybe, yes, we will create more immersive experiences, shifting people's information consumption even more and in ways that we never thought of. <clears throat> Although at this point, I'd be perfectly happy if they'd just 
you know, learn basic grammar and punctuation and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> you know, as a marketer, purely from the standpoint of a marketer, yes, I, w I, I am somewhat excited about it. Yeah, for sure. You know, we've talked about omni-channel marketing for years now. We have. And this truly, you know, hyper-personalized ads, very direct and targeted messages, all delivered by mobile, you know, the potential for more immersive experiences. As the technology improves, you know, it tends to become a more prevalent part of our, data, our daily lives. It so does. we kind of become slack about the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, just like what's happened in the last year or so, two years with uh, GDPR and CCPA, right. you know, we go down this road, we go down this road, and then all of a sudden people start screaming about their privacy. When they willingly click the I agree to the terms button without reading the terms, you right. know that this is exactly where we're going to go with this one. You know, people are going to be like, oh, it's so neat. Oh, it's so great. But then they're going to turn around and the backlash down the road is just going to be tremendous. You know, the considerations for sharing and using the data, you know, we don't even have worldwide or even countrywide standards yet. And if you that. think we can trust AT&T and Verizon and, you know, Agitpie and people like that to be crafting standards that are in the best interest of consumers well you know that's just bullshit um you know how many ways can they try to figure out how to get around things like gdpr and ccpa yeah yeah you're right i mean there'll be a lot of trial and error here in the digital world with 5g um you know there's a lot so basically that's the download with all the pros and cons we've talked about lots of privacy concerns yeah it's huge um, Lots and lots of to consider. So yeah, that's all for now. Thanks so much for listening. And you know, as always, you can find us at dominoresearch.com. Info at is a great way to send us a message if you want to be interviewed. Um, go to the website, download the mobile pass, put it on your phone, and you'll be able to contact us directly from the mobile pass. Uh, if you're looking for the platform and you want to find out more about it, uh, mobilewalletmarketer.com. And um, again, you know, reach out to us, talk to us. If you're looking for uh, you, you want to be interviewed, you have questions, you have something to say, we're all ears. Um, so yeah, have a super, super great week and we will see you on the next episode.